Hey guys, how you doing? Welcome back to another episode of the Advanced Man Podcast. Today, we finish up our interview with Pete Tansley, the personal trainer turned business coach who built a business and a family and a relationship that was really out of alignment with who he was and did not ultimately create any form of safety or happiness or fulfillment in his life. So after burning that to the ground and starting again, he rebuilt himself, his image and his business in his new envisionment of himself and now leads a life of luxury lifestyle and and love. So jump straight back in. I can't wait to keep sharing with you all the wisdom bomb from our, our chat. Yeah, there's all no right. argument. There's no argument over gender roles at Lismore, was there? When the floods- <laughs> no, there was absolutely <laughs> zero. It's like, hey, I want to come and help clean out your house and empty all the stuff. They're like, thank you. I don't yes. care about anything else. If you're going to help, thank you very much. You know, um, yeah, one hundred percent. Um, all right. So you you built this business, you didn't seek help, you burnt out, you um, you know, achieved success, but also kind of went, well, this hasn't made me happy. Um, this hasn't, you know, hasn't given me the thing that I thought it would give me potentially or, or something along those lines. Then then the decide this decision to separate yourself from your partner and from the Gold Coast, what what kind of happened next? Like what was the the dark night of the ego I call I don't like to call it the dark night of the soul. I believe the soul is an infinite spark of creation and it can never be destroyed. So yeah, what happened when the ego death occurred at 28? Well, it's very interesting when you have a breakup with young kids because mm. there's still texting and transactions involved with with the partner the, the next day, really. Yeah. So I had a, a, a day, I think, of maybe not leaving the bedroom. And I was like, well, I've got to sort of get myself out of this. So I, so I owned a gym at the time, right? So when that closed and transitioned out of that, I was like, well, I'll go back to doing what I know, which has been a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. So what's funny is I went back to a big gym. I went back to fitness first and you sort of rent space there and do your own thing. Within a week or two, I had replaced my income that I was making from the gym anyway because the model was so simple. Mm-hmm. I wasn't worrying about a leaky tap on a Sunday if somebody called me or you know, the alarm going off on a Monday at 2 a.m. It was just me and some clients, a very simple model. But it wasn't, it took a while. There was still some processing to be done, right? I turned to partying to help me process, or so I thought, and was really a functional alcoholic for maybe 12 to 18 months. Mm. It was then when you mentioned something before about you are the five people you hang around with the most. And I see a lot of people in who are on the personal development journey, especially when they first get into it, maybe many in their 20s or early 30s, who think they have to get rid of their day ones. Mm. Yeah. Like they're OG mates, yeah. right? Because they're not into reading fucking Tony Robbins or they're not coming <laughs> to Joe Dispenza with me, right? Yeah. But it was one of my OG one mates, my day one mates who came back to me and said, Pete, I think, you know, who goes out on a Wednesday night and drops pingers and then trains clients on a Thursday morning at 6 a.m.? Mm. And he sort of stayed on me for a while until I realized that wasn't the healthiest way to mm. process things by downing a bottle of vodka and going to surface on my own on a weeknight. Mm. So I, I think like I see this happen a lot and especially in the NLP space or the space where people go to these events and you have to hang around with six-figure, seven-figure earners. Oh, I'm just going to burn everybody who's mm. had a role in my life. Is it really that spiritual to do that? Like, can you not just, you know, learn to cope with that and also expand your reach? 100%. Because I think I realized that, yeah, that guy coming back to me was is my oldest friend since grade three. He saw that I was off the path and, and pulled me into line. And um, from there, I started to straighten myself out. And it was too easy, though. Going back to the gym, like I was, I think I started earning 3K a week or three and a half K a week in like a month. Wow. And I was like, this is child's play for me. I've got no expenses. I can leave the gym at 10 a.m. and maybe come back for a client at four or five. 
I had too much time. <laughs> I had too much time to fucking, I didn't have a strong enough purpose. Mm. Um, but once I started to grow and I, and I straightened out my coping mechanisms of vodka and pills, um, some PTs in that gym would say, hey, Pete, can I, how are you doing this? I've been here for three years and you have more clients than me after three weeks. Can I take you to coffee? Can I buy you lunch? I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's, let's go. And through that process of several months being asked literally seven, eight, nine times, just by people seeing what I'd done on the gym floor, I started to understand there's this thing called business coaching. Mm. The personal trainers. Now I had had business coach in the past, but I was like, oh, maybe I could, maybe I could do something similar. I hated the term. But through the demand and what was happening and the influence I'd have on those trainers who would, the ones who would implement the stuff because it was mm. free, yeah, I could see the path start to shift. So this is now I'm probably 30, 31. Mm-hmm. I start to see that the same thing that lit me up about training PT clients, which was they get in shape, but then their discipline changes, they get promotions, mm-hmm. they fall in love, they have more energy for the kids. Fitness was the conduit or the kickstarter to a better life. Mm. so i saw that in business now i could have an impact on somebody if they change their business and learn to sell and do some basics every day their whole life would change it gave me the same buzz of impact so i shifted after one or two years of doing that i shifted into coaching pts coaching gym owners and that's what i'm doing today is, is helping those guys to run a real business to get really profitable and to install those things into their life but it was kind of the full circle and funnily enough, I now attract lots of men who are 31, 29, 32, who are going through some pretty significant life changes, yeah. I think, as they hear my story and look for that for that guidance. Mm, 100%. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, you know, the, the, the identity, the purpose, the, the why is, a, is paramount in our, uh, in our society, really, because we live a different life. You know, it's, it's, it's the way we are brought up is, is different. It's not. I mean, there's still some old fat, like my dad was just like, you know, you got to get a job, be a contributing member to society, buy a house, pay your bills, be a husband, you know, like it was, it was that, but with the influx of technology and the ability to make money and the ability, you know, like the government, if you don't work, the government pays you, the government gives you a house. We all of a sudden we have all this free time that now we are getting a little bit, well, what, what is the point? Where are we going? What's, where are, where are we heading and why are we heading there? Um, but it's interesting that you say that the fitness journey was then what created the, you know, re-sparked the entrepreneurship stuff. It was like you went back to basics. It was like, okay, I've left my partner. I've left my gym. I've almost given up on the dream uh, to, to some extent. And from there, you went back to basics of like, well, what am I good at? I'll do the thing that I know I'm good at and that I can, you know, earn good money doing. Um, and something was re-evolved from that. So what, what, how is the driver different from the second journey, like the second desire to like, okay, well, let's get into business coaching, fitness, you know, PTs and, and gyms. How is the desire different for that to succeed as opposed to the 21-year-old driving to succeed? Um, and obviously there's a maturity there, but I'm curious to hear like what, like what still drives you to succeed if it's not coming from the insecurity? I actually hadn't learned that lesson yet. Mm. So I remember starting business coaching I heard of this guy, Taki Moore, uh, share these case studies of his business coaches earning 30 grand a month, 40 grand a month, 50 grand a month. And that just blew me away. So I started chasing these revenue numbers and hitting them and joined different masterminds and added team members and added Facebook ads and added complexity to the business and kept growing. And 
I hadn't learned that lesson yet because I was still driven by reporting these numbers back to the group and back to the coach and end of month check-ins. And I then realized I'm still, well, I hadn't realized I was doing this in my twenties, but I realized I'm, I'm chasing these numbers Mm. for love, for acceptance from these people who, you know, they're not my inner circle. If, if I was moving house, they're not going to be here helping me or if shit hit the fan uh, I'm not calling them from a Mexican prison, you know? Mm. So, the unpacking of that decreased my drive momentarily because I was like, why am I chasing these huge numbers to impress people? What's the point of this? I had to shift it to impact on more clients I could make mm-hmm. because like, you know, over a certain level of revenue, your life doesn't change that much. Mm-hmm. Okay. You eat out four times a day. You get the extra car, you know, you get yeah. a newer four wheel drive, you get an extra, you buy a seventh surfboard. It's like, so I had to shift it to, okay, the people I can help and my family I can invest for. Hmm. And I sort of related to like when I was running growth for growth's sake and for, for validation from strangers, it was like dirty energy. Hmm. It was fast burning, but it also burned out pretty quickly. And I was, I would frequently burn out, like not for maybe once a month or so I'd have these periods of low output versus clean energy, which might be slower, but it's more sustainable because I'm doing stuff for the right reasons. Hmm. There's nothing wrong with wanting financial stuff. I still have some financial goals I want to hit and some stuff I want to get, right? But I'm now no longer chasing $100,000 months to post them in a Facebook group to impress people that you know are not worth impressing. Hmm. Hmm. So it's now a cleaner, more sustained energy. Uh, those burnouts are few and far between now because I'm chasing things for me. I'm chasing things for the right reason. It's not from a place of lack. It's from a place of, cool, I'm doing great stuff and I am enough and I want to do this for these reasons, not I'm chasing this from a position of you're a piece of shit, you're mm. nothing, mm. chase them to fill that hole. Mm. So could you say that, um, well, okay, before we even say that, what did you have to work on internally for that shift? My self-love, my self-worth mm-hmm. and building building that on A, I am enough as I am. And my self-worth is 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 my integrity, is how I am as a father. My kids were now, I don't know, four or five at that point of the journey. Am I doing what I said I was going to do to myself? And just as simple as as simple as okay, I, I set my alarm for 5 a.m. to go to the gym. Am I snoozing eight times or am I getting up at five because that's what I said I was going to do? Hmm. Those little acts every day was how I built that of, of being true to who I am on my character. I used to imagine like a film crew following me around and my kids will watch it in the future. You know, just doing those simple things and not for, I I truly believe if if you actually have those desires because you want them, you have them for a reason. Mm. Like they are in you for a reason. You shouldn't say like, you are enough as you are, have no goals. I don't agree with that story. I think you can be enough as you are. And if there's something you actually want, I think you have it for a reason. You should go for it. Yeah. Yeah. You're saying desire is not wrong. Like having a desire Correct. is not wrong. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. How, how, when you like, what was it that brought about the realization that you needed to love yourself more in order to change the way that you did business and have a better relationship with money and wealth and goals? Like, like surely there was a, a couple of moments that you just went like, you know, because basically you were saying at 27, you burn out or you, you had your breakdown. And then at 30, let's say four or five, you realize you're like, hang on, I'm kind of doing the same thing, but I'm not like, it was basically, you didn't have to hit the gr- dirt gravel. You hit the like, and you're like, oh, let's get, 
So like, can you, can you, yeah. Is, or was it literally just a reps thing? It was like, oh, I'm hit. Oh, well, I'm feeling that thing again. That's unfulfilling, even though I'm doing the same thing that I was doing. I'm hitting 40 K months or whatever it is. Yeah. For me going through that, it was, I was in a relationship and this girl said to me, Pete, I'm, 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 can you, do you realize I'm trying to give you so much love and you just won't accept it. Mm. And the relationship didn't last. But the lessons did about how I would, I would push that away constantly from a place of uh, a lack of worthiness and actually some plant medicine stuff helped me with this, like just mm. to let, just to freaking open my heart and let that in and to allow that to come in. I literally had to die in an ayahuasca journey mm. where these serpents literally had to let them eat me. And as my heart exploded literally in that moment to, to realize that it was there all along, I was just pushing it away. Yeah. Yeah. And that might not be a solution for everybody to, to go do a hero dose of that. But for me, it was a huge catalyst to just let go and allow that to to come in. Mm, mm. Yeah, very interesting. What what did, if you don't mind me asking, what were some of the ways that you were rejecting her love, or what were some of the ways that she was trying to love you that you would refuse? Like, what could you can you can you reflect and be like, oh, she was trying to do this, and I was like, no, nah. like you know, matrixing those those yeah. love bombs. I, I I would like be a really mysterious with her like to keep a distance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i would deliberately create lots of space and just do like some some weird shit like wouldn't reply for a long time and wouldn't allow her to help me and mm. um yeah i was just really afraid of letting somebody in mm. but i'd play these games and these childlike things as a shield mm-hmm. to to keep that distance mm. do do you feel like some of that may have been um quote unquote trauma from your marriage where you said you lost yourself and you you became the good husband that did everything. So like what do you think that was potentially part of the reason, if not the reason? For sure. A yeah. huge part of that. Yeah. And at this time I had my uh, I, I started hobbies. I probably mm. swung the pendulum far too hard. Mm. I actually got like at this stage as well, like I went into the sort of red pill mm. corner of the universe where it's like, you know, show no vulnerability to a woman at all. Mm. Zero. Mm. And this is like Andrew Tate's early days. Like, yeah. in, I don't know what year this is, but in that era. And I sort of bought into some of those narratives where, um, you know, just to not let them in at all and to show nothing to them and, you know, just some stupid tactics I was believing. But again, it was from a place of that little boy not wanting to get hurt or abandoned. Yeah. So just keep them at a distance and keep them out there mm. where you can control them versus mm. letting them have any intimacy with with me i was uh i did a, a podcast this morning with blaze grinner uh men's coach and he we spoke about this we spoke about this in relationship with women and we like there is some truth to like if you emotionally dump on your partner she's not going to necessarily feel safe because now you're the one holding the masculine frame you're the man and so you know she He's she's not going to be able to you know feel either because she's like well now I have to hold space and obviously a good relationship kind of dances but if you are the one that is like completely lost and hopeless and have nothing um, yeah like you will that something will shift in the relationship right and that is that is the truth um, so he really spoke about the difference between vulnerability and transparency and women actually don't want hyper vulnerability but they do want transparency. You know, they do want to know what's going on and they do want to know how you are, but they don't necessarily want you to be the broken ball of mess on the floor that, you know, can't function because 
now the the the, the fundamental principles of the the you know heteronormative relationship are kind of broken um and yeah he said you know that's why men's circles or a good group of men that you can go and have those broken experiences and moments with you can break you can release you can let out the anger the rage the hopelessness and then you can come back to the relationship and be the rock that you need to be but be transparent in the this happened this is where i am hey something is because women are intuitive they know when something's up so to say that nothing is up they know that that's not the truth which means the trust isn't being formed but they don't necessarily want you to to completely collapse um but to be like hey something's going on i'm struggling in a few areas but please don't please don't stress trust me i'm working on it i'm going to this thing i'm going to hear like they want to hear they want the transparency, not so much the vulnerability. And I really loved the differentiation between that. I thought it was quite potent. Yeah, I think that's a, a really cool differentiator. Because I think a lot of guys think vulnerability is 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 crying, is 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 constantly breaking down with no plan. But yeah, that's a, that's a key difference. The image I think of of the relationship is you know the the male warrior goes off to battle and he comes home at night and his lady runs a bath and scrubs his back and and holds him and and and, and supports him through that hmm. it's like you don't have to be the warrior constantly where you say no i've got i'll shower myself i'll be out in a minute like it's it's to it's to dance with both of those hmm. and i think guys get lost in this 1950s you know marlboro man type guy versus the you know very effeminate left leaning blue haired dying guy we probably think of when we think of vulnerability but yeah. I, I think that's a cool yeah. different differentiator with transparency and vulnerability for sure yeah yeah it was really potent when he explained it that way and it's like i've been saying that but not with that level of clarity with words and i think it was it was really potent um yeah okay so if i'm gonna have to summarize here again i'm really enjoying this chat though it's really beautiful thank you um so when you when you had the ayahuasca ceremony and you did the internal work and you cracked open your heart and you allowed love to come in how did that show up like how did that change your your relationship with your business that relationship with your children the relationship with your ex and the relationship with kind of your goals or or drive yeah i yeah the the, the obvious one was with my children just to uh, the appreciation of so many little things with them mm. and I mean, I think there's something very rejuvenating about childlike energy. Mm. If you look at even grown men, if you look at someone like Elon Musk or Richard Branson, both of those guys to me, incredibly successful in business. I think one of the key things is their childlike enthusiasm for most things. Mm. Mm. It's very, it's very, um, it, it's mm. very recha- recharging. Mm. But the biggest thing I probably then noticed it in was relationships with males. Mm. Interesting. Because not only was I just keeping women out, I was keeping everyone out. Wow. And I can't speak for others, but for me, it was a universal distance and mysteriousness and lone wolf energy. Mm. I still held this hyper-independence. So I, I, I think before it affected um, females in my life, it definitely affected males in my life, letting them in, asking for help, um, showing people that sometimes things weren't all great. Mm. which believe it or not, I hadn't done for 34 years of my life. So mm-hmm. at that point, that was that I, I don't even want to say it was hard, but it was just new to me. Mm. But after that moment, I, I, I was able to see the small things in my children and go slower with them and just appreciate that way more and allowing all types of people in, men and women. Mm. Um, mm. So it was a real, yeah, it was a real heart opener for me. And 
allowed i i allowed finally the mask to come off and then i allowed people into my life really mm. for the first time mm. beautiful and last question before i get into the last two questions of the podcast um do you feel like that helped you feel more content with the level of success you had achieved through the business so that rather than getting there and then feeling empty of like oh well i've i've got all these things and now you were like oh i have the financial stuff that i've had but now i also have the ability to open and receive love from people and share and give and connect and you know I mean, I'm feeling I know the answer because I, I know where you're at. But like, um, yeah, it's like your success became more fulfilling because you now had love from other places coming in and you could share it all with the people in your life. Yeah, 100%. It it, it, it made a more holistic, rounded character. Mm. Lots of people in, in the business world are one-dimensionally very successful. Mm. I know you know this because you coach men through this, right? But- <laughs> You know, I've been to so many internet marketing style events where if the conversation isn't click-through rates or opt-in percentages or page load times on your fucking landing page, like there's not much depth to it. But for me, at least, it allowed for much more wholeness, much more depth and width. And business took off easily, hmm. right? Because I'm coming relaxed. I'm I'm coming more more whole, full of love in a way you could say. Hmm. Um I didn't have to shame people or bully people into sales. I could have a genuine conversation and know the tactics and lean on them if I needed them, but not have to like, not have to use those in a way to, mm. you know, box the person into something. Mm. So yeah, like how I showed up and 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 sales and, you know, everything improved from that. It's mm. like they say you don't really have business problems; it's just personal problems showing up in business. Yeah, that to me that's was a, was that's never a talkie line. Yeah, that's a talkie line. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's beautiful. Awesome, man. Thank you. So this has been a great conversation. Uh, I thought we'd go more into health. And, and I mean, to be fair, it's not like we didn't touch on emotional and, and, and mental challenges. So I think that's paramount. Like when we talk about, when I talk about health, like in the academy, I don't teach lifting and diet, you know, like it, it, that's an aspect of it. That's an aspect of physical health. But for me, health is physical, mental, and emotional, you know, and how we think affects how we act, which affects how we feel, which affects how we think and vice versa. You know, they're all tied into each other. So dude, I, that was, a, it was such a beautiful conversation. I've got two questions for you, which I finish all the podcasts with. Um, this is, I mean, you know, normally we pick one, either health, happiness, relationships, identity, wealth, but I'm, I'm, you can, let's, let's keep the, keep the theme with health and wealth combined. How does a man become an advanced man in health and wealth? With health, don't, don't overemphasize your health and your looks and your aesthetics. It should be a part of who you are. Mm. It it it's it's a first impression for a man to be fit, in shape, athletic. But the minute you open your mouth, all that evaporates. So I think the pursuit of aesthetics and health or performance is noble, and every man should have that. But that should be a given. Mm. I, I you know I I spent most of my twenties in gyms, literally working there and owning them and running them. And I, I still see today, like a lot of guys are trying to, you know, looks max. Like trying to, it's all about aesthetics, right? And and doing everything they can. I think I read a quote today. It's like men should have more experiences, and we should protect women from too many experiences. Wow. And what I liked about that was like men. I see a lot of guys trying to constantly defy aging, look younger, 
obsessed with aesthetics, I think that's a very feminine pursuit. Mm. I think as men, we should be trying to get more experiences, more challenges, more stories to tell, you know. Mm. So I think health is the energizer. If somebody looks at me and it's obvious I'm in good health, my skin is good, my eyes are always bright, I'm energetic, I'm attentive. So I think health is the multiplier for that to go and do more cool shit. Mm. To not be, unless you're a Hollywood actor, to not be like obsessed with, 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 even if you go back to like actors from the 80s and 90s, they didn't have massive biceps. They looked like they had experiences though, mm. you know? Mm. So I think I lost track of the, of the question. One thing for health was to use it as a tool, use it as a springboard, be the polymath, be the Renaissance man who can, who can read and who's intelligent and can hold a conversation and has emotional depth, which I know you help your guys with all that stuff. Mm. Don't just be the, the, the gym bro. Mm. Mm. Be that and more. Mm. And as for wealth, I think for a lot of your audience, be patient. Mm. Even if you're in your 40s, I'm almost there, but we're, we're young. Mm. You know, if you're in your 20s or 30s, be patient. If you're a teenager, be patient. Mm. The wealth will come if 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 you follow the basics. You know, investment investment and wealth books have been written for a very long time, and the basics will not change. Very true. Thanks, Pete. That was great. And the last question. Um, this is a bit more personal. When you're 80 or 90, uh, what do you want to be able to look back on and feel the most proud about that you've done for yourself or, you know, in your life? But I think I was I was true to myself. And every year that goes by, I think, man, life gets better. So I, I still want to be thinking at 80. Mm. And I can't wait for that snowboarding trip next month with my family. Can't wait. We're going back to Hawaii for that 40th annual holiday we've taken. Mm. Awesome, man. Beautiful. Mate, uh, Pete, this has been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, if anyone wants to, I look, I'm on social media a lot, and uh, there, are, you know, I used to unfollow a lot of people, and then I followed a lot of spiritual people, and you know, I've been filtering my friendship circles and and what I see online. And I'm not going to lie, Pete, uh, you are one of the people online that I actually love watching your content. I don't always engage with it, but I do, and I, I know we have a little bit of you know back and forth, and we have a bit of a laugh too. It's always hilarious, but I really appreciate the 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 sincerity and and the calmness that your content brings. Um, it's not always about fitness and, and business. You know, it's it's actually just quite measured and, and lifelike. So um, yeah, I want to say thank you just for being you. It's been uh, an honor to have you on. And for anyone that's interested, uh, especially any fitness pros that want to, um, you know, grow their business, how can people get in contact with you? Appreciate that, man. It's just Pete Tansley. If you search me on Facebook, Instagram, it's just my first name, last name. You'll see it. There's only one of me that I know of. So connect with me on Insta or Facebook and shoot me a DM and and uh, let's see if we can chat or connect. Absolutely. Fantastic, Pete. Thanks so much. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. If you like this episode, please hit the subscribe button, uh, like and share. Uh, if you know some men in the world that could use this podcast, please feel free to uh, send it their way. Um, you know, the Advanced Man Academy, the Advanced Man Podcast, we're all about helping men advance in all areas of their life. So thank you very much for listening. Appreciate you. And I will see you on the next one.